Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Right, you got the best of the dials 99.7 FM right now. Ultimate Health on Joy 99.7 FM with me, Notate by Nature. Oh, a little over two weeks ago, 25th of May 2023, we had the news that a 39 year old uh, sergeant of the Ghana Police Service, I believe Sergeant Sylvester Boachi had undergone a successful brain surgery with the qualification or distinction that it was awake brain surgery or awake craniotomy. I've been able to reassemble the uh, multidisciplinary team from the Greater Accra Regional Hospital. On Zoom, I have Professor... Samuel Kaba Akoria, consultant neurosurgeon. He's also the uh, director of institutional care at the Ghana Health Service. I also have Dr. Emmanuel Yao also a neurosurgeon, consultant neurosurgeon with the Greater Accra Regional Hospital. Dr. Jerry Agudogo is an, an consultant anesthesiologist or anesthetist with the Greater Accra Regional Hospital and in the studio with me an old friend and Mensa Kufour is a principal clinical psychologist with the Greater Accra Regional Hospital. We're talking about the awake brain surgery. Uh, many of you may have heard that it's the first in Ghana and the first in the sub-region. We'll make some distinctions and clarifications to that. And uh, like I said, I have Prof himself, the lead uh, consultant online with me. Prof, good afternoon. Can you hear me? Hello, Prof. Uh, Kaba. Yeah, good, good afternoon. Can you hear me, please? Yes, I can hear you now, Prof. And we're most All grateful right. for reassembling the team and giving us access to your your multidisciplinary team this afternoon you're most welcome all of you i believe all of you can hear me uh dr voado uh also a neurosurgeon and dr jerry agudogo and i have uh your sweet lady and in the studio can you all hear me please yes i can yes okay. we can all hear you oh great 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 to have you let me start with you prof uh Akori, and i hope I'm, I'm pronouncing it right huh? um you're an associate professor of neurosurgery you're at the greater Accra regional hospital now i've had some discussions with you prior to this but um, um we know there's been a wake craniotomy done in ghana before uh, I think around 2011. Can you just clarify the end, and then we'll make the distinctions about this particular one you just done in May. All right. Uh, thank you so very much uh, to you and your listeners. 
partners, and I would rather start by acknowledging uh, my team and the team that works within the Greater Accra Regional Hospital, the nurses, Dr. here team, in uh, the Focus Orthopedic team uh, that has the neurophysiologists who help us to do the brain stimulation and mapping, right. and all the people on online today, and uh, everyone who help make this a success. Uh, we want to actually acknowledge everyone because this is a multidisciplinary team work, as you said. Even some of the people were online uh, and they were in the US and they were online with us to look at the brain map and all that. So it is uh, important to acknowledge that. Now, said, with that said, and um, to start and let you really, really understand because the word awake surgery tends to confuse a lot of people, even in the medical field. Right. Uh, believing that the patient is awake when this is done, uh, but the truth about it is that awake surgery did not start today. Way back before even anesthesia was uh, discovered, surgeons used to operate on people uh, without any anesthesia. And you can imagine how painful that is. And um, because of that, areas like the brain and the heart and the domain were not areas that people tempted with because people bled to death. Then came in. The 17th century, you, you, I mean, I, I want Ghanaians and your listeners that I, I, I do respect the Lord and I want to send my greetings to them as well to really understand this. Right. Way back in the 17th century, awake surgery was introduced in neurosurgery to remove epileptic uh, forces and all that. And at the time, they made it, and a little even more than before they discovered it in the 1840. Right, they did awake surgery was to do some trepanation, make a hole in the in the in the, in the scar, That's and so right. the spirit or the the air, the bad spirit will go out of the people because of epilepsy and all that. That's right. Trepanate. So when it came in to really help deal with brain tumor, the first epilepsy, and it was used at the time. The whole idea at the time was that okay, you keep the patient awake. You do your surgery, you remove the tumor, and we see how the patient goes. But that credit is not to the neurosurgeon. That credit is to the anesthesiologist who got keeping the patient away for you. Right. Then we move from the 17th century, and then in 1909, to be very, very specific, 1909, a German anatomist, uh, pathologist came up. He's called Brodman, and did the first brain mapping. And I'm telling you a story of over 114 years ago. He introduced what was brain mapping, and that brain mapping helped do awake surgery sufficiently to say that, okay, the tumor is located in this area, in this area. When we do the mapping, this area is responsible for laughing. This is responsible for singing. In our case, if you see, we gave the patient a, a, a mouth and we made saying simply because it was located in area 40 and 39, which we call the anger uh, uh, gyro, gyros and then the supramarginal gyros. Those were the areas that the brain was located at. And those areas help us to be able to coordinate, visualize, and see. If you watch the video again, you see there was a point where I touched a place and the patient could not recognize. And that is 140 years ago when it was introduced. That made a change in awake surgery. Great. So for awake surgery, we to dis differentiate it into two parts. The part of the anesthetist put the patient Joy 99.7 FM. 
Right. It seems we've lost uh, Professor Akoria. We're doing uh, uh, a deep discussion. I think, I, okay, I right. Think I lost you. Right. Please go ahead. You are breaking it into two parts, Please. giving yeah. us the antecedents and then breaking it into two parts. Thank yeah. you. Also, uh, in a week's surgery, we break it into two parts. The part that the anesthetist or anesthesiology team keeps you awake, and then the part that the neurosurgeon does his work. Then we have a subsidy part where you have clinic massive size from this because in Ghana people have clinical psychologists have no place in theater and you saw in our case where they evaluated the patient they gave the best of uh, advice to the family and to the patient and they were right in the theater and yeah. then you have the neurologist you have all kinds of people coming in to make sure that this works well now the neurosurgical part the Okay, my producer will establish or re-establish contact with Prof. Akoria. Uh, we're talking about the surgery. Prof. I have no reason. I, I, yeah, I don't know yes. why I keep breaking. Yes, Prof. Yes. Yeah, yes, hold, yeah, yeah, hold on a sec, Prof. So if you've just joined us, it's about 18 minutes uh, past the hour of two on Joint 99.7 FM. We're having a very important discussion about the uh, brain surgery that was conducted uh, on the 25th of May at the Greater Accra Regional Hospital. We, uh, should I say, have um, uh, valuable access to the members or some members of the team. It's not exclusive or it's not, uh, should I say, the full team, and we're trying to understand what was done, its significance for training, uh, capacity building in our part of the world, its uh, significance when it comes to access to advanced healthcare and technologies in our parts of the world. If you have any questions, concerns, join us on WhatsApp, 055 We're live on Facebook and YouTube as well. I'll go back to Professor Samuel uh, Kaba Akoria. He was the lead neurosurgeon, but he's breaking it down so that we understand the antecedents, the history. He just talked about uh, very early threatening where holes were made in the skull uh, to treat epilepsy, to let out demons or spirits, and uh, to uh, also manage uh, tumors. So he's proceeding now to break it down. We have the other members of the team. We have an anesthesiologist. We have um, a clinical psychologist in the studio. And then we have another uh, consultant neurosurgeon. Stick and stay. This is Joy 99.7. Yes, Prof, go ahead. So, so I apologize because I don't know why the internet keeps... Uh, no problem. But then I, I try to put it in the two forms where the one part and extremely important is where the anesthetist put the patient to uh, keeps the patient awake and it also has this form i'm not going to deal in, in uh, dwell into that because i'm not the anesthesiologist but even that anesthesia came in the 1840 and before then these awake surgeries were being done now when it comes to the neurosurgeon part is to have the ability to do brain stimulation and brain mapping we have what was brain mapping and we have what we call the negative brain mapping now if you look into three of them okay uh and i acknowledge that in one of the videos i did that professor musafar did the first brain mapping because uh, from the anesthesia point of view and my conversation with the people and even from the same kodebu mm -hmm. uh the was where he kept the patient awake and giving something to read and then he, he was able to do some level of surgery exactly right then came the world better okay for you guys in in um, um, restores constrained countries i then i wish you had moved from the
104.7 FM. Unfortunately, we're having some challenges. Let me swing to um, uh, Dr. Jerry Agudogo. If you can hear me, uh, Dr. Agudogo, uh, he's an anesthesiologist. anesthesiologist. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, and he's online. Uh, Doc Agudogo, can you hear me, please? All right. Okay. We'll swing into the studio. And you're with us. Uh, you are a principal clinical psychologist. Yes, I am. Your lead neurosurgeon uh, was breaking it down. And I'm sure you and I appreciate the antecedents. Okay. But one of the important things in the procedure was the area of brain mapping. Right? Mapping specific areas of the brain to function. Okay? And you had a big role to play in there alongside a neurophysicist. Right. Uh, yes. Can you just explain to my listeners what your role was in this brain mapping and also making sure that uh, the patient, in this case, Sylvester, was awake and being uh, specifically stimulated to allow you to uh, uh, assist in the brain mapping? What exactly was your role there? OK, so um, my role was to um, help in the stimulation of certain regions of the brain. Right. Um, so we are looking at, we're working with the venicus area okay. of the brain. That's where the tumor was okay. around that area. It, it affected his venicus area and a little bit of the broca. Right. He, he had some issues with it, the broca area, which has got to do with speech. So he had speech he has, issues. He had some speech issues and um, and then the venicus area, which has also got to do with understanding, right. comprehension, and also being able to reproduce speech. Right. Um, so because of that, we had to ensure that... Um, these areas of the brain are being stimulated mm -hmm. so that um, the the neurosurgeon will know that this area he's not supposed to touch okay. and that area he's supposed to touch. He's okay. supposed to work on and all that, yes. Right. So with the, um, recognizing, like showing the book to him, pic the book pictures, of pictures. He was recognizing, yes, recognizing and naming it, yes. animals. The infrotemporal cortex was being um, stimulated, that okay. side. So... Um, he was able to name. It helps with recognition of objects. Okay. Yes. So you're so doing the, that. Around the temporal loop. Oh, right. that is around Let the temporal Let me just break loop. it down slowly for my listeners. So you are giving the person stimulation, right? Yes. He's processing the visual material. Yes. He's recognizing the objects or the animals. He's yes. naming them. Yes. Now, that corresponds to activity in the brain, right? Yes. Which is now uh, imaged properly for the neurosurgeon to see. Right. Yes. And correspond to the areas he's touching. Right. Yes. So you are mapping the areas of function and the areas that may be impacted when he starts to remove or work on the tumor. Yeah. So that's your role. Yes. Alongside the uh, alongside the neurophysicist. neurophysicist. Right. Yes. In and you're seeing all of these things uh, on screens. The imaging is clear. There's 3D imaging, which also facilitated the process. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So when you ask him to physically manipulate, let's say, an instrument, he was playing the mouth organ, he was using the tambourine, at some point speech, singing, and so on and so forth. In the same way, you were stimulating the brain, and then that allowed um, Prof and uh, Dr. Vuado to now map properly. Yes. Okay. So the, 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 the mouth organ, the playing of the musical instrument... Mm -hmm. 
and then the tambourine and all that was um, stimulating the angular um, gyra. Okay. Um, that's the place that was affected, where the tumor is. Right. Uh, certain places, yes. It helps with uh, music. Okay. You know, being able to produce music and all that. Okay. Yes, uh, processing. So it's got to do with attention, um, semantic uh, memory, um, processing of information. Right. Um, it's got to do with self-processing, um, emotional regulation and all that. Okay. That's what the angular... Great is stuff. I'm sure, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure my listeners understand. Uh, 25 minutes already past the hour of two on Joy 99.7 FM. We are looking at this interesting surgery that was conducted at the Greater Accra Regional Hospital. We've looked at the background, okay? We're not interested in uh, uh, challenging history. That's clear. But we have the specialized multidisciplinary team assembled on Joy 99.7 right now. Let me swing back uh, to Professor uh, Kaba Akoria and then also go to uh, his colleague in charge of... uh, 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 anesthesiology at uh, the Greater Accra Regional Hospital, Dr. Jerry Agudo. Let me go back to Prof. Prof, uh, can you get back on track so I switch to Jerry? Okay. All right. So let's go to uh, Dr. Agudo. Doc, can you hear me? Okay, it looks like we still have a challenge online. Hello? Okay, we still have a challenge with the team online. So coming back to you, Anne, in the studio, whilst we try and sort out these... All right. Okay. Is that Jerry? Agudogo? Can can you hear me, please? Yes, I can hear you. Is this Prof... This is Prof Kaba. Prof Kaba, okay. I see that you dropped the Akoria. Should I drop it as well? I see you referred to as Prof Kaba. No, no. That's my father's name. That's Prof Kaba Akoria. Aha, uh-huh, Akoria. Okay. <laughs> Please kindly proceed. So we've understood yes. the, the, for many people, the, the, the yeah. yeah, we've understood the premise, right? Um Sylvester had a tumor. The location of the tr- tumor and the should I say presentation that made it a good choice. Uh, for this procedure. Can you just go through that again? Because you needed to uh, keep him awake or conscious on a certain level so as not to, uh, should I say, cause collateral damage whilst trying to remove the tumor. Can you explain that to our listeners? All right. So um, let me let me, let me me just pick it up from there and explain that. When you should Hemisphere. Every human being, the brain is divided into the right and the left. The left control the right, and the right control the left. And the left is the doctor. And they're trying to do what we call cartography. That's brain mapping. You might damage the person a lot. Now, I was telling you a story about gender who introduced brain mapping in 1909, right? And this is the first time in Ghana, without any doubt, was uh, last year. Okay, uh, Dr. Goodogo, if you can hear me, let's just switch to you. You handled the patient's consciousness. Dr. Agudogo, can you hear me? Yes. All right, you're welcome, sir. 
So you had the duty of working on the patient's uh, consciousness to facilitate the process. Uh, in the initial stages, of course, you put the patient out, then uh, you wake him up sufficiently for the process to continue. Can you just explain that for our listeners? Yes, um, Mr. Yes, kindly con proceed. I, I hope. Yeah, maybe. Uh, are you getting him? Oh, okay. Prof is back. Okay, Prof, please continue then. Yeah, let me see if I can really. Um, I'm now on the phone and see if I can really get this done once and for all. Okay. So what I was trying to explain is that the human being brain is divided into two parts: the right and the left. The left is in charge of the right body and the left is the right is in charge of the left body right, right. Yeah. and the left is eloquent is the most dominant so if you got a patient with a tumor in the left you got to be extremely careful or else what you do would damage the patient now broadman came out with the mapping in 1909 that's 114 years ago approximately and i was trying to emphasize the point that the first brain mapping was done in ghana last year by my team in collaboration with focus Okay, right. mm -hmm. and, and when you're doing brain mapping, awake surgery, one of the principal things for a neurosurgeon is to be able to do brain stimulation and mapping. And this is the first difference between what was done previously and what we did. Now, even if you take the full text of what was done previously, they will completely outline to you that, look, the majority of the cases mm -hmm. that were done, there was no brain mapping, okay? So... It, it essentially was to cut down the cost for anesthesia, right? All right? And, and that was to make sure that with the anesthesia component, people don't go to ICU, you don't have to get central lines, your hospital stay will be less, infection rate could be less, which is all thanks to anesthesia. But when it comes to the neurosurgeon, what you need, the tools you need, the arsenal of tools for you to be able to do a, an international standard technology-guided awake surgery, is that one, you need to have the necessary tools like a good MRI, do cartography, what I call brain mapping. And I'll have to uh, emphasize on Hello. this today. Uh -huh. When Broadman did his mapping, he found out that there were about 87 eloquent areas. So, today, we are doing what we call connectomies. We're doing what we call connectomies. And connectomies, we found over 187 places, which we consider to be eloquent. So every part of the brain now becomes very eloquent. And that started in 2014 in the developed countries. Right. So this is what happens. The next thing we did was to use an ultrasound. And that is going to be the future of uh, medicine for the developing countries. To be, you know, when you're doing ultrasound, it's like life. You are life doing something. So we use the ultrasound together with what we call the neural navigation to be able to target the, t the tumor exactly where it is, do the resection without damaging the peripheral uh, uh, tissue, right? right? And then after that, we were now able to do the brain mapping itself and the brain cortex stimulation. That makes a huge difference in whatever has been done previously and what we did. With the stimulation, you are able to, if you watch the video again, you will see in a point where we ask the patient, can he identify? He said, I cannot identify. Now, if you don't stimulate to know whether there is activity or not, you grossly remove that 
you will be happy that the patient will never be able to identify anything anymore. Right. So we have a technology-guided um, um, procedure. Now, I'll read something to you and your listeners so that you understand. And this comes from what uh, I was trying to explain earlier on. Teaching and sustainable implementing of our surgery in resource-poor setting. This is the document that was uh, brought up for discussion uh, within the medical field uh, that this part of this happened in Kolebu. Yes, so some people decided that, okay, we're going to teach the poor people how to work within their limited resources and do awake surgery to cut down the cost of anesthesia. Right. Okay. And then the document continues. It tells you in, in, in page three that no cortical uh, stimulator was available for mapping functional areas. In contrast, in high-income countries, mapping is almost always attempted in appropriate cases. Right. Are you with me, please? I'm right with you. So the mapping and the... Uh, uh, Patients with the... Yes. Okay, continue, yeah. Prof. No, I'm just reading a section yes, for I'm you listening. to understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that even with negative mapping, okay, that is safe maximal resection of non-functional cortex. 13% of patients still develop worsening of post-operative neurological deficit, indicating that when you don't do the mapping, right, that is how many people you get to injure. When you do the mapping, it, it guarantees you better results. Now, we did not, and I emphasize that, we did not have the mapping in those things. We did not have the neural navigation in those things. We did not have the ultrasound in those things. We did not have the brain stimulation in those things. So this is actually the first comprehensive, fully technology-guided awake surgery done from the neurosurgeon point of view. Right. Prof, if I And may... I want to credit... Yeah, go ahead. The, yeah, the, all the anesthesiologists who have done this before and our lead... Uh, surgeon Dr. Mustafa, who attempted all this before we even uh, were born. Right. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, and I hope my listeners understand. Uh, it's about, uh, what, uh, 14 or 235. We're going to proceed. But, Prof, that is an important uh, area because I do recall that uh, in the uh, instance of the conjoined twins uh, from 2021, there was a lot of awareness and. Um, spearheaded by, I believe, Star FM uh, of the EIB group. And then government responded by taking up the full cost of the separation of those twins and bringing in the, the important critical equipment that you talk about now. And that is what was also used or harnessed in this surgery. Am I right, Prof? Absolutely. In collaboration with, because the brain... Uh, electrophysiologists and the brain mapping issue, we actually had a collaboration with the people from Focus. But the rest of this was from that equipment. Right. And fortunately, let me even make a point that Ghana College of Physicians and Surgeons have established the Faculty of Neurosurgery. And there will be many centers accredited for this. And okay. this will include RIDGE, uh, maybe Cape Coast, the 37 of the UGMC, right. and Kumasi, Tamale. And I do believe that it would be nice all those places have this kind of equipment. Right. But it makes a whole lot of difference. Okay. Before I swing to your colleagues, let me just quickly ask. Uh, sadly, we lost one of those twins, and uh, I do believe baby Elisha is still doing well. Can you confirm that uh, after the separation of those twins, uh, we lost one in the procedures? And the other one, I believe, was doing well. Uh, can you just clarify that? 
Yeah, yeah, the other one is doing extremely well. And um, as we give the press conference, there is still the need for some couple of surgeries to take place to close up some um, skin uh, defects that uh, we experience. But technically, he's well. Okay. And um, uh, as of today, as I talk to you, he's very well. And we still have some few steps to go. Okay. But uh, thanks to them, a lot of things have changed within the arena of neurosurgery in the country. Right. Uh, because with them, we've been able to do a lot of surgeries. I mean, thalamic tumors, deep-seated brain tumors. Uh, and I have to also make this very clear that when the conjoined twins came, the brain mapping issue came because uh, that was the first time we in intended to put it. So to introduce it, and then right. we spoke to the people in Focus who had the electrophysiologist, mm -hmm. and then we had conferences with people in the U.S. to start talking about brain mapping. Focus had a lot of, uh, they had a lot of experience in electrophysiology when it comes to spinal stimulation and all that, but it wasn't used in brain mapping okay. until these twins came and we decided that we wanted to put it into brain mapping, but unfortunately, it, its use was limited. But right then, we introduced it to do the first brain mapping in Ghana. Okay, yeah. great stuff. You're still with us on Joy 99.7 FM. The program is Ultimate Health. Uh, despite some technical challenges online, uh, we have uh, been speaking with Professor Samuel Kaba Akoria, uh, lead neurosurgeon in this uh, recent May 25th uh, brain surgery that was done, uh, conducted on a police sergeant. 39 years old, he had neuropsychiatric symptoms and presentation, right? It was found he had a tumor which had to be removed. And we've been explaining why this procedure was used and we're going through so that we all understand. WhatsApp is 055-111-997. We're live on Facebook and YouTube and shortly I will activate the phone lines so you can uh, ask your questions. Let me move to the anesthetist, uh, Dr. Jerry Agudogo. Uh, Doc, you're welcome again. Yes, thank you. Am I on now? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Oh, so, good. right. Yes. Okay. So you're a pivotal, in fact, a very salient part of this team. Um, we know you, we we put people out so that we can uh, uh, conduct these procedures without pain and many other complications. Uh, what's your critical role in this specific procedure that we've witnessed in Ghana? Yes. Uh, thank you. And. Uh, so we, on behalf of myself and my team of Benjamin Amwa, Akosia Kota, and Dr. Vardes. Now, what we did um, was to ensure that when the patient wakes up, the patient will be fully awake, no residual effects of the drug that will interfere with the neurophysiological mapping, and the patient will be pain-free. So well, we did it in uh, two phases. Initially, the patient was put to sleep. We gave some analgesia. We put the patient on TIVA, which is total intravenous anesthesia. And then we went ahead to, with the help of ultrasound, to do a skull, the original block of the skull, so that by the time the patient woke up, he was well anesthetized. I mean, the analgesia was excellent and he was without pain. Mind you, I'm sure Prof has already explained that the brain itself is not painful. Right. Of course, that's in a nutshell. But then there are other things we had to take care of to ensure that the patient's airway was patent, hemodynamically was stable. Uh, in short, to 
ensure a successful outcome. And then most importantly, that at the end of it all, our patient will not lose any of those eloquent uh, functions such as speech, uh, visual and then motor functions. Right. Thank you, Doc. So when you put the patient under, if I can use that term, um, that level of anesthesia allowed the processes for taking off what we call the, the fold or the, the, the scalp, right, to yeah. access the yes. brain. So at that time, so if I may, at that the time, skin the, and, uh, the, the skin and the, the bone, I mean, at that time, the patient is out, right? Yes. And yes. then you change what you're doing with regard to his consciousness, with regard to his pain management, for us to have the, the, the second phase where we say the patient is awake and being stimulated by Anne and the others to uh, facilitate the, right. the mapping of the brain areas. Yes. Okay. That, 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 that's right. Yes. Because okay. we had to take care of the most painful parts of this procedure. So that's, as you said, the skin, underlying tissue, and the bone. And of course, the membrane covering the, the, the brain as well. Right. That's the dura. Yes. Okay. So I, we noticed in the video that you're all communicating quite effectively. There's a lot going on. We also noticed that uh, this was also being, uh, should I say, uh, telecast. And there were residents and students and other uh, levels and uh, cadres of uh, professionals able to monitor this. I have promised the team that uh, we'll do a second program where we look at the training and capacity building potential of this. But what I wanted to ask is that apart from the, uh, uh, should I say, mapping uh, related additions and enhancements, did anything change for you? What was uh, critically different for you in this procedure? Well, you know, um, it's the advancement in the drugs therapeutic available. So we got to use medications that we can easily titrate to get adequate sedation when we need it and to make the patient awake without any procedural interference. Um, we have better monitors so that we can hemodynamically monitor not only the pressure, but we could take care of uh, um, things like uh, invasive monitoring if necessary. Um, now, you know, one of the most challenging aspects is the airway control because the patient's head is fixed. Right. And when the patient awake, in case it develops any complication, an airway obstruction, and you really have to go in, you need you might have to rely on some other equipment. So things like video laryngoscopes, fiber optic uh, laryngoscopes, uh, intubating LMA. So these are all devices, some subglottic devices. Right, all of these were available and accessible for your team. We, we had most of them, yes. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, let me just come to the other neurosurgeon, uh, Dr. Emmanuel Yavuado, if you can hear me, sir, just confirm. I can hear you. Right. Now, Dr. Agudogo just mentioned the patient's head is clamped, and I saw all those, this is the Layla re, re, uh, retractor and all those clamps and the Mayfield clamps and all those things. He's, his head is stationary and his body is stationary to a large extent. Now, when you get feedback from Anne, 
the patient and the, the, the team that is helping with the mapping, the brain mapping. So where, for example, Anne reports or the patient reports, I cannot see this or this particular function is, is impaired or not happening. Does that mean you've damaged something? What, 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 can you explain that part? You're mapping. You've got the mapping. You can actually target what you're doing. But does that mean that uh, there's no possibility of damage because of this mapping? The mapping is precisely to prevent the possibility of damage. So the moment we touch a structure, we try to look for feedback from the neuropsychology. Okay. Right. And uh, upon the feedback, then we'll decide to advance what we are doing or not, or retreat. Right. So this is an interesting aspect of it. Okay. That the constant feedback from the neuropsychologist and the patient is informing us whether to proceed or to retreat. Right. So that minimizes collateral damage. That is it. That minimizes the collateral damage. Okay. If I may proceed also, Doc, um, we had this equipment, I believe, 2022. I'm not too sure about the dates, but um, we didn't have them before. Was the team, as a team, and indeed you, the neurosurgeons, you were, it seems you must have been quite familiar with this and after this uh, separation of the conjoint twins, I understand you've done over 300, if not more, procedures using this equipment. Was the capacity there already? We knew that we've been doing, uh, should I say, lesser uh, uh, ranges of this surgery. But with this new additional and enhanced technology, uh, what was your experience and expertise with this? The capacity was there when we were trained in different, different nations right. to come back to Ghana. Okay? Only that during the years we didn't practice it, the capacity was like frozen. Okay. With the acquisition of the, the new equipment, we had training, okay, with the, uh, the companies that produce the equipment. Right. Some trainings were in person. Some other trainings were online. Okay. To begin to use this equipment. So this permits us to use the equipment and also to be able to train. Okay. Right. To so be able to train other colleagues when they have their new equipment right this this is an important and significant and salient addition of capacity and if you just joined us it's about 48 minutes past year of two on joy 99.7 fm every single person i've spoken to every single specialized professional i've spoken to is a Ghanaian is located here. Uh, I'm not sure about the rest, but I do, from my reading, understand uh, Prof. Akoria uh, has his uh, training in Cuba, Spain, I think, and other places. But essentially, they are all back here. 
Uh, we need to retain and build this capacity. Uh, and this is important. Uh, and then, the, of course, the addition and the governmental will to bring in this, I, I guess, uh, in response to the uh, <laughs> conjoined twins, also opened up more possibilities. If you have any questions, concerns, uh, Abeku, can I just switch to the WhatsApp screen and activate the phone lines very quickly? 0302216541. My listeners know typically I would have activated the phone lines earlier, but uh, we have a lot of ground to cover, even though we have promised the team that we'll do two programs to look at the other areas. Okay? Let me just quickly, and uh, Prof. Akoria and the team, uh, kindly bear with me whilst I read this out. Uh, this is uh, Oye Nathenia. Welcome me. Thanks. Okay. Next one, Abeku. Okay. Uh, good afternoon, Norte. No, I can't see the rest. Uh, much appreciated. What does this say? Okay. Right. We're waiting for a couple of more messages. So we have this capacity. Let me come back to Sylvester. Right. And this was an eight hour uh, surgery or procedure. Prof. Akoria. Um, so I heard you assuring and reassuring Sylvester after the procedure, eight hours. And then also I realized that you did a lot of prep and even a simulation before the actual procedure. He was shown the equipment, told what he would go through and so on and so forth. May I ask currently, how is Sylvester doing and when was he discharged? Because my reading tells me that... Uh, Typically, you reduce uh, inpatient time, use of ICU, cost, and all that. And the patient, after about six weeks, should even be able to go back to work. What's the current status of uh, Sylvester or Sergeant Sylvester Boachi? All right. Let, let me uh, quickly say that he's home. Uh, we discharge him um, the, uh, on Saturday. And um, he... That was like uh, we did a surgery on a Tuesday and he was discharged on a Saturday. That's like five days later. And we actually could have discharged him earlier, but we just needed to make sure that everything is uh, in order so that there wouldn't be any situation. Uh, right from the surgery, he's been very well. We took him some few minutes to the ICU from there to the HDU, which is uh them from there to the ward we just step in quick 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 and he was he was perfect and then he's back home he's doing everything normal there was a follow-up video where you could see him walking with dr wado and uh the rest of the team wow. his home is doing well he's uh he's not complaining of uh, the initial symptoms and signs that he had and i would just want to add that one of the things we actually enjoyed in this particular surgery as we talk about technology had to do with projecting the whole procedure at every given time we had over we had about five cameras projecting inside the theater and outside the theater for people who uh, were not able to be inside the theater students nurses anesthetists to be able to follow everything that was going on wow. and this is also thanks to uh, a conjoined separation and for the first time not in, in this particular procedure but in ghana in this process in our equipment list for the first time We've done it in other occasions. Uh, we inject what we call a spy agent. It's a tumor staining uh, product that when you inject into the patient, it goes to stain only the tumor. Right. So when you under the microscope, under fluorescent microscopic di dissection, you only you see the, the tumor in a different color and you see the normal brain in a different color. So it gives you a lot of precision. And then we also use what we call a 3D printed. So in this version, uh, you can actually see the whole thing in 3d up down side any part 
so it has been a lot of learning experience and it's been a lot of uh, encouragement for the team to have all this capacity which did not exist barely even before the conjoined twins and this made this surgery very very unique together with the ultrasound but let me also recognize we have a cuban uh, uh, uh specialist who is also a neurosurgeon with us she's called dr mariela infante uh, who is a neurosurgeon pediatric neurosurgeon with over 22 years of experience in pediatric neurosurgery right. and then dr alejandro Sanz, who is uh, also a cuban uh with a lot of experience in anesthesia working with us in the rich hospital okay. so besides the ghanaian team we had the our colleagues from cuba join us because they are in, in ghana uh, for the cuban ghana uh, mission and then we had the focus orthopedic hospital team also join us so uh, but you are right uh, the, the, the difference the other difference was that in other they say awake surgeries as i read the title to you was to come and teach us how to do but this was purely ghanaian led together with our uh, collaborators from cuba that we have to also recognize them so right. uh, forward ever Right, forward ever. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, uh, the phone line is active, 030-221-6541. We're live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, and despite some uh, technical turbulence, we're getting uh, uh, into uh, a good understanding and insight of the processes and procedures. But let me ask, if I may, Prof, you are the lead. Um, this is a sergeant, a police sergeant. Uh, I read the history he had been at Insawam Hospital prior to the movement for the surgery and many other things. But um, with the conjoined twins, the government bore the cost of the surgery, the procedure, bore the cost of the equipment and its installation and everything. So a lot has been, uh, should I say, taken care of. How financially accessible is this? And how does the cost limit your ability to harness and apply this across board, even if with, within or restricted to Ridge or Greater Accra Regional Hospital? Uh, all right. So let me let me start by saying that uh, one of the things we as Ghanaians we need to understand and we is easily understandable by every Ghanaian is that government cannot do it all. So people have their own out-of-pocket payment. But it would have been nice to have uh, a health insurance system that covers everything. So where I was trained, you walk into the hospital, you get everything done, and you get out. Now, the various associations to, let's say, police service, they have their insurance system uh, to take care of their people, military, uh, Ghana Health Service, and everything. Now, here's the point. Most of the time, we get a lot of patients, and we have the equipment. But the equipment, you need some consumables. You need to feed the equipment because they are like kind of robotic equipment so for the robot you got to feed it some information now sometimes the patients have to cover up that those consumables right. uh, that we will need some of them are not health insurance covered some of them could be uh, and then if it happens it means the patient will have to acquire that or in this case the police uh, service will definitely reimburse him because we'll be having that kind of uh, agreement with them where they take care of their patients. So, and we, as a government hospital, we don't go ahead to charge anyone. When you come in, our job, my job, and the team's job is to do the technical component. Then the rich hospital administration, the finance division does the financial component right. to look at how many days have you paid in the hospital? What medicine do you need? Those that the hospital can provide, they provide. Those they cannot provide, you go, you go across the street and you buy them yourself. Those that are covered by health insurance, health insurance take care of that. 
those that are not covered by health insurance, then you got to pay for it. So if let's say hospital stay is covered by health insurance while you walk out. So and one thing we need to uh, I need to emphasize that technology is very expensive. And uh, as we move in, in in that direction, we need to find a way of also covering health insurance for everyone okay. so that um, people can face it. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, I've grabbed a couple of extra minutes uh, so that we'll go into a little extra time to uh, establish a few things. Uh, Dede in Maryland is asking, what was the intensity of the clamp on the head? not to let his movement affect his surgery, right? I talked about the clamps and the arms and things that allow you to do so many things. Uh, she's asking about intensity. I don't know which of uh, the neurosurgeons will take this. She just, All right, so yeah. let, let me take this. All right. In the practice of neurosurgery, uh, we insert the clamp in strategic areas. Around the bone, the skull bone has some dim dimensions. You have the outer part, the middle layer, and then the inner part. In, in section a plant, one of the things you take into consideration is to make sure that you don't penetrate into the into the brain. So okay. you search for places that are quite uh, robust in in um, in their dimension, and at the same time, your clamp shouldn't interfere with the, the area you're going to work uh, at. So with that, you 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 then clamp the patient to the extent that the patient cannot move the head. Now we don't measure the intensity that dimension itself is not being measured. What is being measured is to make sure that you don't go into the brain and to make sure that there is no movement. Right. Okay. Makes it sound so simple. If you have any questions, concerns, I have a couple of minutes uh, to spare. Let me come back to you, Anne, in this studio. So we've understood the role of the neuropsychologist or the clinical psychologist, the neurophysicist, and all that. But Prof mentioned a lot of work preparing the patient... Preparing the patient and the patient's family. Now we we know this was uh, you know uh, filmed, right? It was used for training purposes. There were other cadres of uh, health professionals who could see this. You were in the theatre yourself. I do believe at some point, uh, I think TV three covered some parts of it. Was there any family member present? And did you have to go into getting them to understand and work with them as a psychologist as well to understand the process? Yeah, so there was a family member who was um, present um, at the ward. Okay. So we we spoke, to, we brought both um, 